Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's Af Malhotra <laughs> here again on Straight Talk. Now, this is, I must remind you, this is in collaboration with Diversity Economics Institute. And I say that because my guest today is an accomplished thinker, engineer, <laughs> leader, um, politician, <laughs> and um, a woman who has been championing uh, the, the diversity, equity, inclusion cause for a number of years. Uh, she's pretty ambidextrous because she's she's one of the rare MPs and leaders who's been in technology and calls self-proclaimed, she says, tech evangelist, been a hardware engineer, been in software for a decade, was the first one to talk about the Internet of Things, by the way, <laughs> in Parliament. And of course, the first one to uh, discuss open data, so publishing her notes, um, you know, so it's accessible to all of us. So she is a bit of a trailblazer and maybe a, a maverick and a rare one. <laughs> so when, when my, my, my community is thinking, well, how is a politician a maverick? Well, she is definitely a maverick in all senses of the word. So Chion Wura, a shadow minister for science, research and innovation, uh, welcome to Straight Talk. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. That's a brilliant introduction and it's great to be here. And I look forward to uh, to uh, innovating as we talk. <laughs> Absolutely. It's truly organic. So <laughs> one of the reasons, you know, I was thrilled to invite you and uh, delighted you've accepted the invite to come on the show is because of who you are and your personal journey, which I found extremely fascinating because I think this your story, the story is the most important thing. And when we talk about AI, you know, most recently my my, my nephew who's now doing medicine said, uh, you know, uncle, what's the difference between human beings and AI? I said, well, actually, uh, that's a good question. I said, in one word, love, in one <laughs> word, love. And he said, okay, I get that. And I said, and the second one really is struggle. Um, struggle. And um, and so he said, what do you mean? Because, you know, the new generation has struggled as much as some of <laughs> us in the past. Um, so and, and I think you have struggled and I think you have a really powerful personal story that I'm privy of. So why don't I throw the ball in your court for a moment and just tell us a little bit, a little bit about your background, Chi. Who are you? Where did it all start? And of course, then we'll unpack the journey. And I have a lot more to ask you, of course. <laughs> Well, thanks uh, very much, Af, and uh, that's a great question to start with. But in terms of talking about my my background, um, I suppose it started in a way which is where I am now, uh, yeah. where I'm speaking from, which is uh, Newcastle, Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England, which is where my um, my father came from Nigeria to study as on a British Council scholarship. Um, those are the days when <laughs> when uh, people from were, were welcomed here on a British Council scholarship uh, to study mm. dentistry at Newcastle University, and um, and he met my uh, my mother who was uh, born here in Newcastle, though she was of Irish uh, heritage, and um, you know they 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 fell in love, and sort of that's what produced me uh, at a time when there were you know mixed marriages I think my, my mother's family some of them were not happy that uh, were not happy mm. at all that she was marrying um, a black man um, but my mother and most importantly I think my grandmother uh, welcomed my welcomed my father so so um, <laughs> and my first few years were quite um, notable in as much as so I was born and then my my 
parents decided to move to Nigeria when I was uh, six months old, uh, and they and did that in wonderful timing, as um, you know some people have that they did that uh, literally a year before the Biafra War. For those of you not mm. familiar, the Biafra War was a war of independence for Biafra, part of uh, Nigeria. Nigeria, as you may know, was a is a country whose whose um, whose uh, borders were drawn by and you know by Britain in the 19th century. So uh, yeah. there was a civil yeah. war. Um, it was one of the, was the largest famine, I think, of, of the 60s. Uh, millions died. Um, and Nigeria, uh, Biafra became smaller and smaller over time. And eventually me, my sister, my brother and my mum uh, fled. Uh, and actually, just to, on politics, I, I use this as an example for uh, to Rishi Sunak, our prime minister, of why his mm. uh, current approach is current. The laws he's bringing in that say that unless you came through a, a legal means to a country, you can't apply for asylum. And he's threatening to saying he was going to send people, everyone to Rwanda who comes on small boats. We had to get out yes. through um, Sao Tome and Lisbon because I'm um, sorry, we had to get out through Sao Tome and Lisbon because uh, they were Portugal was the only country that was recognised uh, Biafra, and uh, then we had to make our way from Lisbon to Newcastle with no money, and uh, eventually we ended up back at my grand my grandma's in, in Newcastle. So, so I think you know that early experience of war. Uh, and you know, mm. I remember air raids. I remember uh, you know the, the the lack of food. That early experience of war and famine really sort of marked me, and uh, particularly gave me a great that my you know my mum was a big believer in social justice. You know that's what mm. sort of drove me to politics. It's also what to some extent drove me to engineering because you know I always say engineering is what fixes and what makes the world uh, a better place. Um, but um, yeah, that was kind of uh, that if you question is how it all started that is how it started mm. and did you have did you have siblings you have siblings uh, were they yeah, there in, a, in nigeria as well had an older sister and my younger brother was born in uh, biafra during the war and that was one of the reasons yeah. why we you know we had to return was because it, you know there was many reasons but including there was no there was no milk available for for him and fortunately mm. as my mother you know had a british passport so did i actually so did my sister we were able to leave my father stayed behind he was in he was in the biafran army mm, right so he stayed on there did he come back to the uk or no i mean the war went on for a long time and even after the war ended there was sort of you know the the, the famine and the, so in fact my parents ended up uh, splitting up so he stayed in nigeria and we were brought mm. up in in newcastle um on a in a council home so that's um government um or public authority um housing uh for those who um you know, it's, for those who can't afford to, to house themselves, as it, you know, as it were, we were brought up in a council estate in Newcastle. Um, without you know, my mum couldn't work because she was disabled, so it was a very um, talk about challenges. There were a lot of challenges there. There, there was you know, it was poverty. Uh, there was racism. There was also sexism, and my mother was facing her you know disability, and 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 she also had cancer. Oh gosh, and did you? Um... You know, of course, that's that's a very challenging, traumatic. <laughs> yes, yes. After and, that, um, everything seems easy. <laughs> yeah, and and that's it, it, that's why I used the word struggle earlier on because I've started. You know, uh, this is my hundred and tenth show, and it's surprising wow. every time I interview someone. 
um, and a lot of authors, a lot of authors, uh, because authors do have stories, they, de they delve into a lot of detail into a particular subject and so on and so forth. But I always see the common thread between all of my guests has been the fact that there's definitely a story of trauma or multiple <laughs> stories of trauma or struggle. And um, it does shape you to a large extent and it drives you. It gives you the mojo that you need to get to, I guess, the next level because you want to do better. You want to do better. I think I read somewhere when you you started to appreciate the UK because it was a democracy and you had just come from a war-torn um, environment to a more stable environment, albeit racist at that point. So um, when you when you... You know, when you did start to realize what was going around you and um, you decided at some point you were going to go into education and I, you talk a lot about free education. You talk a lot about your school in Kenton, um, you know, in Newcastle, and you talk about how you're so grateful for that education because, of course, it shaped you. Do you believe and, I, you know, this is about straight talking, so I, I'm very interested because I haven't seen the, these questions being asked um, to you. So w with your siblings, did you all end up taking the same path or is there something, was there something special about you or your drive, your personality? Uh, okay. um, but, what happened? Let me say, I, I think I, you know, yeah. I, I, what, I think it, it is true and doubly true that experience of trauma, uh, particularly at a young age, you know, either, mm. and I think there's a quote, I forget who it is, it might be Nietzsche, you know, that what doesn't destroy you makes you stronger. So I do mm. think that there, you know, there was a, you know, but I think that we, everyone, almost very few people, um, escape some kind of trauma everybody has difficult lives and and challenges and i think it's really important to to recognize to re, you know to recognize that i don't want it to be like about kind of what you call it poverty porn where you know it's, uh, the harder yeah. your your <laughs> upbringing is like, like the better you are in some way yeah. uh but i do you know i, I so I, I, what I'm particularly grateful for, and I think is also my sort of first, one of my earliest memories of thinking about politics was thinking that um, how great it would be to be the member of parliament for Newcastle, because I'd be able to mm. speak up for how wonderful uh, our schools were. Because I was going mm. to a, uh, a primary school, uh, which was literally 300 yards from my front door, you know, and I walked there wow. with friends in the morning, and the teachers were absolutely uh, fantastic. They, what they were, it was a state school, it was a Mm. We didn't pay anything for it. Um, in fact, I got free school, free school meals. Um, and what they mm. did was they were absolutely um, sort of dedicated to trying to uh, expand your horizon, your mind and teach you. And, and I loved that. Now, you ask about my brother and my sister, they, you know, they they were their route was not so academic um they um my sister always says that i didn't um see the racism around me because i had my ha head in a book all the time which isn't true mm. i definitely did see the racism around me but where was she and she was the eldest you know she would go off and sort of fight i mean i did have some fights mm. i did have some scraps mm. on different reasons but um but i didn't uh, fight as much as she did and she actually left school uh when she was about when she was 15 and then mm. went back uh, to study and actually became a very successful um, filmmaker. She's the first uh, wow. black British um, director, female director, to have a to have a film with a cinema release. And my brother also went into uh, film and television. He he works with BBC. So I think what I'd say is that you know people have different ways of responding. And I chose mm. you know I well, I liked I chose engineering and science because. I saw them as being kind of objective, you know, if you make science doesn't care about 
what gender or what race you are or whether something works or not um, my sister mm -hmm. and my brother were much more much more i think inspired if that's the right react word mm -hmm. to put it to go into storytelling to tell stories so they've told you know they've told many different stories and they've told their own story if you like in yeah. different ways and um but we've all been you know thank god and touch wood we've all sort of mm -hmm. been successful in in different ways yeah, yeah, that's incredible. As I'm really happy to hear that as well, because I'm, I'm an artist too. I, I'm, <laughs> well, in yes, you are. Yeah. I'm in business and various other things, but of course I'm in music as well and, and <laughs> film in a way, I guess. <laughs> so so you decided to go into politics at some point. What I know you've now described why you felt you wanted to go into politics for your community, for your school, to elevate them, promote them and so on. <laughs> and so tell us a little bit about that first entry. How did you get your break your break into politics what happened were you just sort of was it a big plan well, thing or did it happen accidentally or that's a great question Alf. that's a really good question yeah. i have to say you know i i decided i was interested in politics and i joined the labor party when i was 15 it was about the early okay. stage yeah. you could have joined i would actually i would have joined when i was nine if i could um but um but um you know i i wanted to be an engineer and that's what i did and that's what i did for 20 years and i worked all over the world and it was a fantastic career i worked in nigeria and the us and france and the uk and denmark uh, mm. and um i didn't see politics as being for me i think partially because i didn't see politicians who looked like me but also because i had <laughs> yeah. no idea what the process was you know it's not like one of the things i liked about engineering was you know you send in your cv you show how you know you get a degree in engineering you know there's, there's a career path whereas politics is much more amorphous and i didn't really know what to do how to go about it and i kind of thought as many i think particularly women but also those who mm. aren't network do you know there's somebody who thought i should be an mp there would be a big hand which would come down from the sky and it would say Ooh, Gee, you should be an MP, uh, and obviously mm. that wasn't going to happen. So, so let's say was what happened. And I think this is is that um, a member of Parliament, um, I think our, our Home Secretary under Labour called Harriet Harman, she oh, yes. uh, brought in what are called all women shortlists. She did the maths, you know, which would be nice if our current Prime Minister could. But she did the maths and she calculated that the current rate of women going into politics, the parliament would be gender balanced in the year, I think it was like 2250. And she mm -hmm. decided that we couldn't wait that long as a nation, mm -hmm. you know, as a country. And so she, she, she and Tony Blair and others worked to bring in what are called all women shortlists, where, whereby basically, the candidate has to be a woman the Labour candidate has to be a woman and when I heard about that um, it helped me understand the process it also made me think that Labour was serious about having more women mm. in Parliament and coincidentally at the same time the member of a few actually a few years later the, the member so when the member for Newcastle Central announced mm. that he was retiring at the next election in 2009, I knew a bit more about the process and I sort of thought, oh, well, I'll I'll have a go. But I didn't really expect to to win. I just have to say a big thanks to the I was always a big thanks to the Labour members of Newcastle Central because they you know, they selected me as their candidate. And I think what I'd say to anyone who's thinking about going into politics is, is go for it. You know, we just need more people with more diverse backgrounds. It's not the same people from the same backgrounds doing the same things. Mm. We will never get the kind of, you know, better world that we're looking for.
Mm. There's something you said um, that caught my attention in one of the other shows, which was, it was lovely. I think it's very inspirational for the next generation who should go into politics from different backgrounds. Everyone, everyone uh, young people should be interested in politics because it, it's important. Um, and I think you said something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing you. If you see someone out there, whoever, let's say they're not um, from, they, they don't look like you. They are from the sort of majority base. Um, look at them and you could probably do a better job than them anyway. So, <laughs> well, so, yeah. um, and, and I like that. I like that because it's got, a, it's got an air of confidence and certainty, uh, to it as well. And, um, that's powerful. So you got into politics, you, you've been there 13 years now and, yeah. and long yeah. may it continue. And, 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 um, things look very good for the Labour Party. So fingers crossed, let's see what happens over the course of the next couple of years. Yes. And we're not um, taking anything for granted. No, yes, no, yes, no. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, certainly not taking anything for granted. But the Tories, yeah, which... are, the Tories are seem to be running a campaign to get us into po into government by the mistakes <laughs> and the crashing the economy and uh, and the scandals. Anyway, but yeah, let's leave. <laughs> yeah. So so let's let's uh, let's move a little bit forward. So you're in politics 13 years now. Tell me a little bit about, if I may, I just want to touch on the more sort of uh, darker side, and then I'd like to go into the brighter side. So there've got to be so many moments in your in your term or as an MP and through the journey of, um, of course, progressing. And, you know, you're, you are chair of multiple parliamentary committees and so on and so forth. Um, just if you can, and if you're open to doing this, what, was there a time or can you think about a moment where you felt quite disparaged or you felt... Maybe even imposter syndrome, perhaps not, but where you felt really disappointed about the state of what was being done to you. And of course, remember, you've come, you have also been quite resilient. You've come from tough times, but was there a time or a moment, maybe many times, where you can think of uh, an experience where you were quite disenchanted, sad about what happened? Well, I think, um, you know, politics is, um, is full of disappointments. I, feel, I mean, and I, and I think particularly um when you're in opposition which is where we are we, we, i've been i've only been a member of parliament in opposition so not in government so can't actually get uh can't actually get things done uh but i've you know i've certainly um um certainly been very um affected by uh abuse online um mm -hmm. you know, and um, particularly um, when um, you know when it's a uh, racialized or, or mm. misogynistic. Um, so I remember. I mean, in fact, I, I, you know, the, 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 there's a whenever I'm whenever I'm saying something which I know that the you know that the trolls will dislike, which is generally when I'm mm. saying something which is <laughs> anti-racist or anti-sexist or um, then, then um, uh, you know there can be a barrage of of abuse, and that yeah, that is really uh, disappointing. And um, especially, I'd say for me, I mean, it's, it's for everyone. But I always think that the you know I I help build the internet. I as an as a <laughs> as an engineer, I spent mm. um, you know years building out the networks, GSM, uh, wireless, um, fiber networks, which are the internet now. And when it's used, um, when it's used like that to attack someone and me, and mm -hmm. to try and uh, take away someone's voice, then I kind of think it's going against the, you know, the whole, the whole sort of 
raise on debt to afford the internet and also you know the nature of the uh, lack of regulation uh, on on the on the tech you know the tech giants and the tech platforms and again you know as someone who my last job before coming into parliament was working for the uk regulator for for communications ofcom and i know mm. how regulation can work and how effective it can be and so the fact that there's no there's no regulation or the first regulation for the internet in the uk which is called the online harms bill is just passing through parliament now and it's a mess of a mm. bill so that that you know that has really disappointed me i mean it's not you know because because it affects me personally but it also you know i think my constituents deserve better than to be sort of used as sort of digital guinea pigs for everything they should be in charge of their data they should be in charge of their online lives and they're not getting the protection or the support from either the big tech platforms and you know you've seen what's happened with, what's yeah. happened with twitter you know or, yeah. or or you know governments putting in you know gov too many governments in the uk want to you know say particularly are subject to um you know to the influence of um of uh, the money that comes from the from the tech gi tech giants so that's that's an area where i felt where i felt mm. really sort of disappointed i always say that um you know when i was working in engineering the way to uh, kill a conversation at a party would be to say oh i'm an electrical engineer you know oh. people thought you were extremely <laughs> you know, boring, but useful. Mm. Now you say you're an engineer and people think you're extremely rich. Engineering is mm. like, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's sort of exciting, but exploitative. Yeah. And I think that that sort of transition is really, uh, really uh, depressing. Yeah, and very quickly, it's an important question because of, uh, and I, I relate this to state of mind or your techniques or hacks as to how you deal with these nasty comments, because, uh, and I, I, I'll just relate this back to young people or anyone on social mm. media, we're all on social media, and there mm. is a lot of nonsense in social media as well, a lot of abuse, mm. young people really struggle with it, and we know the perils mm. of that, we know the consequences of that. How do you, what are your techniques? How do you deal with, I mean, as a politician, you're used to this, now you almost have to build a <laughs> thick skin. Is anything you can share with us where you're like, you know, Af, I do this or I don't do this? And what, what do you okay, do to deal a, with that's, this? That's a, that's a great question. I just want to say, actually, that one of the biggest mistakes yeah. I do think that we made, and this is um, grown ups, if you like, you know, is that uh, I don't know you remember when the, the motto was don't feed the trolls. So don't respond hmm. online, you know, don't respond to abuse. And what that did was that it left the Internet as a safe space for trolls. Uh, and actually it encouraged it and uh, you know and it, and mm. it, i think i mean you know that that advice as it were which was advice that was given to to you know by many different organizations that advice is no longer given i think people you know respond and if i'm you know if i'm you know, it, it, it's a personal decision uh, you don't want to take up all your time uh, 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 responding to the idiots that are on um on the internet but you shouldn't feel that your voice should be um excluded and i think it's also really important to go to the help of others so others mm. who are when there's a whatever a piling or whatever to go to the help and support of them and so what i do you know is i tend to i tend to pick my battles but if somebody is being um abusive or aggressive to me um then i will go for them you know and i will respond to them um if i'm mm. if i'm uh, uh, alternatively though if i'm 
feeling you know down or i'm not feeling you know then i'll just switch off from the from social media for i mean for a couple of hours or even a day or so if i've done something very mm -hmm. controversial and i'm getting a lot of uh, uh attacks mm -hmm. but i think it's really i think it's really important just if young people who are uh you know experiencing this to uh you know it's, it's your choice uh, how you respond you should be able to find supporters online you know you should be finding support mm. and supporters online and um, mm. you know the people who are the most aggressive online are the saddest people in the world generally mm. you know because mm. that that uh, in my experience I mean, that's their only that's their outlet don't be don't be like them mm. Hmm. Uh, the the I'm, I know you've got to run off because you know you've got uh, you've, got, you've got a crazy day. So we'll spend another five minutes if that's okay. And I had a couple of more questions before we wrap up. Uh, this is a very important topic because um, one one has to you know rather than going to fifteen different areas, this one has to address this element quite clearly. And you are right. You talk about agile regulation as well, and I like that because. Regular, the perception of regulation is generally slow, you know, inhibiting, sucking mm. out all of the mojo, you know, anti-innovation. But you are right. If if regulation is done in the right way, dynamically, by the right people, mm. of course, yeah. it yeah. can actually yeah. be very good for society and business, right? Absolutely. And that's, you know, the, you know that's one of the, um, just one of the, sort of the lessons I learned. And I think yeah. the, the internet and uh, shows that as well. I mean, you know, depending on how old you think the internet is, whether it's, you know, whether it's a teenager or, you know, like Facebook is or, or 20 or in its early twenties or, or whatever, you know, it's been around a long time. It is not rocket science. You know, literally it is not rocket science and some of the harms, um, some of the harms are the um are, are, are you know are, were easily predictable i know that because i predicted them when i was working at mm. ofcom and yet we spent you know a decade not doing anything so you're so you know i think it's a it's a myth that certain types of sort of uh tech bros want to put out that technology is so amazing that government can never do anything to uh, make it work better or make it work in the interests of people you know and just look at just look at airlines or look at cars and see how mm. they have regulation around them and it doesn't uh, stop innovation but the other thing is that regulation when it's about making it more competitive can actually drive innovation because mm. if you look at where you know if you look at who's got you know that we've got big tech giants who have access to most people's data uh, and the smaller mm. companies who are wanting to do innovative things they want that to be opened up they want to be able to uh, you know people to move their data onto new platforms or you know and as someone who spent like two months trying to move my photos from google to microsoft you know it is not <laughs> you know you have it's not easy now but you can you can you can yeah. certainly you know make it make it easier so the right kind of sort of forward-looking regulation can actually make things more comp competitive bring out encourage innovation and protect consumers all at, all at the same time because you know big mm. company big incumbents will not uh, very rarely foster real innovation and we've what we've got now in a lot of tech is big 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 incumbents mm -hmm. beautiful so last two questions the one is the the good side so is there any mm -hmm. moment during the, even in the recent times a bill got passed or something you've been working on for a number of years you know you succeeded because uh, it'd be lovely <laughs> to hear that too yeah <laughs> 
Oh uh, well, you know what? Let me um, let me do a let me do a couple of examples of that because it, yeah, yeah, it is the um, yeah, and just, so every week uh, here in Newcastle, we succeed in helping people, you know, and we 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 succeed in, you know, people like I had a constituent whose benefits had been stopped in error, and you know she couldn't get any response from government my office came in we got her you know 1200 pounds say and that mm. makes a huge 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 amount of difference to them to them personally and then you know in a more kind of a constituency whole constituency level um i um campaigned to um to ensure that there was um local mental health support for um though for for your particularly it's particularly girls who suffer from eating disorders uh, they're going to close mm. down a, a local clinic and um we campaign i campaigned with with parents and, mm. and, and and sufferers and got that um got that got that changed had that happen wow. um got 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 the mental health and it's that was really important because you know if you send young girls 100 miles away away from their support mm. they're less likely to recover from uh mm. from eating disorders so so no and then there have been many sort of moments of um yeah when you're in opposition there aren't many moments of victory as you would like you know <laughs> but um but that the, the moments like that are really 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 great Beautiful, amazing, and so. And my last question, really, and I would I could speak to you for hours. Of course, there's so much to discuss, but my last question is really to do with a a world that um you know we are creating today. You are creating as a, a politician, as a leader. You're doing the best you can for your constituents mm -hmm. and for the country, and uh, hopefully it'll lead to some good outcomes mm -hmm. for you personally, professionally, mm -hmm. and for the, yeah. the Labour Party. Um, the future will have so many different sort of sliding doors, right? So many scenarios. We don't know where we're going to end up. And like you said, uh, Keir Starmer, none of you are taking anything for granted, which mm. is fantastic. And I can see that. The fact that you're on the show today, it's not as if I'm doing benchmark versus, you know, the other party. But the fact that you're on the show today, you're speaking openly, is, is what we want from people who represent us. Let's be honest. You know, uh, that's that is that is what we want. We want accessibility. We want an open source connection between the electorates and the politician, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, not just to, I think that's a really you know, important you know, point because yeah. the reason why I'm here is because people, thank God, uh, voted, and unless yeah. people feel that uh, voting actually, uh, you know, impacts their lives and they have yeah. access to the people they voted for then uh, then you know people won't carry on doing it so you're absolutely right there there has to be there has to be that accessibility to for politicians and that reflects you know that i reflect on what i'm hearing from you and particularly what i'm hearing yeah. from constituents yeah yeah and so here's my question mm -hmm. so um you're talking to because uh, i know you do this so it's it's right um up your street you're talking to a, a school or a classroom of young people uh let's say those young people are from diverse backgrounds not just race and gender but all sorts of uh, forms of diversity and um uh, you know you have a, a minute essentially <laughs> what would you say to them uh, because uh, you know to to make them feel hopeful for the future when they step out of school what, what would you say mm -hmm. um, personally well you know i i i 
talked to I got one of the favorite my favorite parts of my job actually is visiting yeah. primary schools in Newcastle and that's what I say to them I say this mm. is the favorite part this is my the favorite part of my job coming to see you because you are the future of Newcastle you will be the people who are you will determine how Newcastle succeeds in the future and I know that you are able to to make the right decisions about the city and about our country and you are able mm. and I want each of you to feel that you could uh, be the member of parliament for Newcastle because that's what uh, democracy is about it's about being representative and um, the reason why I'm hopeful is because I know that you want to do the right thing by our city beautiful Excellent. Well, on that note, on that note, that's amazing. Well, do you know what? I have to tell you. I have to tell you. I'm um, I'm a techno entrepreneur. I'm an investor. I'm an ex business guy. I'm a philanthropist. I do a lot of philanthropy work, um, and I do. I, I'm deeply interested in politics, but I've never been interested in going into politics. And we had this conversation when we met face to face. Uh, and I had I had a different idea. I said you should take people from the diaspora, people from business, people from whatever community, and they don't always have to be politicians, but they can assist politicians in some way. But I have for for a little bit of this call, I have been thinking about again about my statement because you've inspired me because you <laughs> well, use great. you know you've in, you, you use, you've used certain words compliment. because how else am I going to create change? No, how else am I going to create change for my children unless uh, I get up and I do something about something? So yes. thank you for okay. inspiring so all I'll, of us. I'll send, you, I'll send you how to join the Labour Party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, perhaps, yes. Um, but you, you, you have been wonderful, uh, Chi, and thank you for coming on my show. No, thank I you look forward it's been fun. to you again. Yeah, it's been fun. Have a yeah. wonderful day. Keep, keep, keep fighting. Keep doing what you're doing. It, it makes a difference to a lot of people, not just the people of Newcastle, <laughs> as you can probably tell. Uh, you have a much bigger responsibility, unfortunately for you, um, for, for society, for society. And uh, God bless you. And on, and hope you, hopefully you'll be successful in your mission in the next couple of years. Uh, but thank you very much here from all of us and from me personally. So we're signing off now. A thank you to the Shadow Minister of Science, Research, Innovation, Chi and Wura, and MP thank for you. Newcastle. I'm Afmal Hotra, and I say goodbye today. Thank you, Chi. Thank you very much.